Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America in COVID, an oral history project. I started this podcast during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who was a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, who is an anthropologist and an author, and she wrote about Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums and archives, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then we'll speak with my guests today. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were a part of American chattel slavery. They were enslaved in Georgia. And we still have our family's slave name, which is my last name, Killebrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Killebrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in the 1970s. They were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. My mom is Jamaican-American. She attended college in Canada and then flew to New York for graduate school. I am a fourth generation teacher. My mom is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica for 20 years and in New York City for 20 years. My great grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married in the late 1800s. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a woman to work after she got married in the 1800s. Ironically, my mother began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. So, without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. Uh, Taekwon Coleman, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, uh, still in Brooklyn, New York. Thank you. And do you identify as Black or African-American or Caribbean-American? Uh, African-American. So my family's from the South and been transported to Brooklyn about four generations ago. Four generations? Yeah. Wow. My great-grandma. Yeah. My, well, no, mom, grandma, great-grandma. Great, three generations ago. Well, that's so interesting. I just spoke to someone on Saturday, and he, he's also four generations in Bed-Stuy. Wow. So I'm two in Bed-Stuy. Um, so my mom and my grandma Bed-Stuy. My great-grandmother, she lived in Fort Greene. Oh, it's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. And then she like moved up to, uh, what is that? Clinton Hill. So central Brooklyn through and through. It's all beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm really excited to hear what your life was like living and working, or and if you were in school during the pandemic, if you want to start in 2020 and then talk about 2021. Okay. Um, so yeah, 2020, 
I actually remember um, I was working in the Senate and I remember my last day, March 13th, 2020, was a Friday, uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> and yeah, it was a, it was a Friday the 13th. Um, so I remember my chief of staff came in and said that we had to go to all of our senior centers in the district um, and make sure that we were giving out um, hand sanitizers and the, like, I remember the uh, Department of Health had like little uh, flyers for of what COVID was. And we had to like, just make sure that all the senior centers in our district had uh, the supplies they needed. And the chief of staff told us like, we're gonna go on break for about a week. We're gonna still work. We're gonna figure out the phones and we're gonna still connect constituents, but we're not gonna be in office. Um, uh, two years later, <laughs> here we are. Um, so I actually did start grad school during the pandemic. Um, that was its own, uh, experience. I call, I say that I go to Zoom University. Um, I think last, last semester was the first time that I was in person. Um, and I actually liked grad school online. Um, and it was weird because last semester was the first time I was actually meeting folks where it was like, oh my God, you're taller than I thought. Oh, you're shorter than I thought. And it's like, um, because we hadn't seen each other for the first year of grad school. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was an experience. Um, I will say I was a fan of things being remote. Um, I still like, like for instance, we're able to meet and it's electronic. So like I have on sweatpants right now. So yeah. like, I'm able to do those things. Um, and yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was a lot. Um, so working for a senator, I worked for the state senator. I started in 2019, November of 2019, and I stayed on through um, 2021, January of 2021. Um, and we were one of the first offices to have a weekly food distribution. So our district, um, what Elmhurst um, Hospital isn't in, wasn't in the district, but it was like a neighboring hospital. So like folks don't know the lines, but we know where the lines are. And Elmhurst Hospital isn't going to say, oh, well, you're in this district, so you can't go. So a lot of our constituents were going to Elmhurst Hospital. Uh, we would hear the sirens all day in district. Um, so our uh, the senator decided to have a food program. Um, we started out we, we started out in Brooklyn because that was the only place we could have all of the food. So we would pack in Brooklyn and then transport the food all the way to Queens. Um, we then were able to start packing the food in, um, a gym not too far from the office and literally a thousand bags every week. Um, so that not only was I doing that, I was doing the day-to-day -day constituent work where folks are calling in the office and I'm connecting them to HRA, I'm connecting them to, uh, the department of labor. Um, so it was not only physically <laughs> exhausting because I'm, helping uh, produce a thousand bags of food a week. It's the emotional exhaustion of people are calling me, telling me they can't feed their kids. People are telling, calling me and telling me that uh, they don't know where, how they're gonna pay their rent. This is before all of the um, government programs that were able to help folks out. So people were saying, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna feed my kids. I don't, this is before the emergency food stamps, the emergency, um, uh, HRA, Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Um, yeah, there was, there's, <sighs> it was a lot. Um, I then left the office and I started working on campaigns. 
2021 was a big year for campaigns. Um, and campaigns are hard, but imagine not being able to see people. So like you have to get the message out that I'm running for something, um, but folks aren't opening their doors because they're afraid. Um, then you, so we had to double down on Zooms. We had Zoom fundraisers. We had um, Zoom telephone banks. We were calling folks. Um, so I will say anyone who's campaigned <laughs> during the last cycle, they are probably exhausted. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the job never stops. Um, you have to keep going. So you worked with the constituents in public policy? Is that what yeah. you would say? Yeah. yeah, so I was the Senator's Director of Constituent Services. Um, so currently I'm a Council Member's Director of Constituent Services. So same title, different area. Um, but yeah, so uh, my Senator uh, is the Chair of Labor. So the Senator that I worked for, she was the Chair of Labor, is the Chair of Labor. And that's the direct uh, elected to the Department of Labor. So we were getting calls from all over the state. Folks were like, hey, I can't get through. Um, and I will say as much as, like I definitely tip my hat to the Department of Labor because I think there were about maybe 10,000 or so cases of um, unemployment the week of the pandemic. And then that number skyrocketed the week after. So if you're only prepared to say, take care of 15,000 people at a time, and then that number jumps to a million, realistically, you're not going to be able to do your job as effectively as possible. Um, but I think that they definitely did their best. Um, there are folks that will disagree with that. Um, but I think they definitely tried. Um, there is a special uh, person in the Department of Labor that I was reaching out to. I've never met this man in my life, but that was the go-to guy where I was like, hey, this person reached out, please. Um, and he would make sure that they'd get back to them within the week. So I definitely tip my hat to them and the department as a whole. So also, um, I got a chance to work with a really great nonprofit, Little Essentials. Um, so we were giving out food and then uh, parents would come up and say, oh, like, you have diapers. And it was something that we had never thought about because it was like, oh, we're like, we're feeding folks. And we're like, hey, here's food. But then folks were coming up to us like, hey, do you have diapers? Um, and we were able to give out 20,000 diapers, um, because we partnered with Little Essentials and we were able to like fill another need. Um, I often say that I think government does the government in a vacuum works perfectly. I think that there, if there's a problem, there's an agency that will lead to the solution, but it's the politics of it that makes things as nasty as they currently are. Um, where things won't get done because someone doesn't like someone else and or they didn't fund this agency properly because they had a different agenda. Um, but I definitely saw the best of the government um, in the in making sure in those days. Mm. That's good to hear. Yeah, I remember a lot of my friends who were self-employed, they got unemployment for the first time because they, they weren't able to work at all. I, I also think, so I had a professor in undergrad, um, Dr. Ledford, who said that the budget is a moral document. So the budget of a state, of a city, of the country is a moral document. And it says whether or not, it says what your priorities are. Um, and it's funny to me 
in a uh, in a weird way that the government would say it couldn't feed people or it couldn't house people on uh, March 13th, 2020, but all of a sudden, April 1st of 2020, they found millions of dollars to feed folks. They found uh, millions of dollars to put people in hotels to separate them from their families. Um, So the money's there. And that's to the initial point of the politics being uh, the problem. I love that that sentence you said, the what's the the budget? The budget is a moral document. Wow, that's profound. And it's true. Well, like when I think of health services, how everyone's, everyone wants universal health care and well, giving out the, the vaccine, that was like universal health care. So what were other um, issues that the constituents were reaching out to you for? Um, so it's, it, it's funny because uh, most of my folks, uh, most of my friends now work in government in some way. So we were like, I guess, commiserating um because we were dealing with our own like imagine dealing with a pandemic yourself and then you're responsible for a senate district has 300,000 people so it's like you're dealing with your own issues um and then you're also taking on those um so we we would still have like so we had the like regular heat and hot water complaints we had the regular like oh uh, there's a pothole. We had those complaints, but then we also had the, I can't feed my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the work never really stopped. Um, and it was just constantly the laying of track where it's like, okay, I can solve this right now. But then like the, for instance, the, uh, what was the big thing? Um, rodents in the district. Um, so like there was a period where uh, sanitation might not have picked something up. So like, it's like, oh, well, this day didn't pick this up okay, so who, I'm going to reach out to this, but then I get 20 calls about unemployment. Mm. Um, And I think during the early days, unfortunately, a lot of um, staffers were just running on fumes because it was like working in government, it's not a nine to five job anyway. Um, But this was really a nine to nine job in the beginning days because it's like, okay, people are going to call, keep calling. Um, at that point, my cell phone was connected to the district office phone. So like I would get calls at 9 p.m. And it's like, hey, what's up? Um, so yeah, there were, I'm, I will say I'm happy that we've, we're about a year, we're about two years out um, and we're not where we were. And I hope that we never go back to those days. So are you back to normal work hours? Um, yeah. So our office is still remote, um, but that's because I work for a new elected and like we're transitioning from the old office to the new office. Um, so we actually just celebrated today is day 107 of our, uh, of our time in office. Um, it's also day 107 for the mayor. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's been in. Yeah. <sighs> Time flies. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, so yeah, we're a third of his first year through. Um, but yeah, so we're still we're still we're nine to five now. We're just working remotely and then like we're, it's a hybrid schedule now. Um, so we're in district and then like we're also going to events with the member to make sure that we're in district and like the needs are being met on the ground, but then we're also uh working remotely. Wow. 
Oh, the work that you do is so important. Like you're literally helping and changing lives every day. I, I definitely think, um, and I remember when I first got into, um, when I first got into government, like I still enjoy the like policy writing side. Um, and I remember that was like what I wanted to go to school for. And that's like, I was like, I can sit here and do research and write policy memos. And that's what I really wanted to focus on. Um, and then a mentor of mine um, who was a former chief of staff of mine, uh, she like really like made sure I was at every community event where she's like, you're going to go to the community board meeting. You're going to go to this block association meeting. You're going to go to the PCA meeting. You're going to go do all of these meetings. And in the moment it was like, oh my God, I don't want to go to these meetings. Um, but like, that's how you help your community. That's how you propose policy where you may say ABC is the problem, but then you go to a community board meeting and they say XYZ is the problem. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. If I'm going to represent you in the way that you want to be represented, let me actually hear from you, what are your issues? And let me then, uh, let me legislate based on that, not my own uh, preconceived notions of what the community needs. Absolutely, that makes sense. Do you have any memorable stories during the pandemic that you want to share? Um, hmm. Memorable stories during the pandemic. Uh, um, hmm. Trying to think. Trying to think. It, it, it's, it's been two years, but it seems so long ago. It does. Um, I, hmm. oh, two things, actually. Um, one day we were, um, we were packing bags and because we had like the large, very large like crates of food, we couldn't put them in the uh, office. So like, we would have them on the uh, block and we'd have to take them one by one into the office. And it started raining <laughs> and we had cardboard boxes and like, it wasn't like the pretty rain. It was like monsoon-esque. <laughs> and we had cardboard boxes and we're just like running into the office um I can like laugh about it now in the moment I was probably very pissed off um also like campaigning I remember campaigning during the pandemic um I spent my birthday of 2020 was it 2020 yeah it was 2020's birthday I spent my birthday in 2020 in Philly knocking on doors for President Biden oh wow um, so yeah that was that was definitely oh. memorable did you wear uh, a mask at that yeah. point? Before? So we like we were wearing masks and like it was like it was really interesting because of how like some folks would react. So we're knocking on doors and some folks would open their doors, some folks would want to talk through the door. Uh there was this one woman who cursed us out and she's like, Don't you know it's a pandemic going on? <laughs> um and we're like, yeah, yeah we, we do. Um but yeah, uh, I remember I think most of my time was spent campaigning or uh, working in governance. Um, mm -hmm. I think, do I have any like fun memories? <laughs> Did you I think? Oh, sorry, the, go ahead. Um, the, there's a, um, there was a weekly block party and I like, I really enjoyed the open streets um, in New York City where um, different neighborhoods would be able to block off certain parts of like their uh, community to like just have open streets and like you would able to just 
to just be outside and like we weren't in the house all day. Um, it definitely brought folks together. Um, and yeah, it was a great way for folks to like sell the merchandise and like also like just be around other people because I feel like all of 2020 we were in the house. So like 2021 gave us the, that chance to like be around people. Um, there are folks that there are folks that I haven't spoken to since 2020 um, that I'm like, oh wow, I miss them. But then there are other folks that I'm like, maybe this was a maybe this was a way that we were just supposed to separate. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, that was the, I guess, aside from working and campaigning, going to open streets and being able to like actually interface with folks. Were you able to make friends in graduate school? Like, what was that like? Um, I think like, well, like most of uh, the assignments were like group projects. So like there were some folks that like, like we would have to meet uh, via Zoom. But like a lot of the folks were, weren't based in New York City. So like um, the new school, a lot of them were like either in another state or another country. So like we would have to like really work our schedules out where it's like, okay, we're gonna meet at 9 p.m. my time because that's like 6 a.m. your time, but we're gonna make it work. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I've met a few cool folks. Um, I will say in the earlier months I did like I kept saying like I missed undergrad and like I realized I didn't necessarily miss undergrad it was just I missed being on campus I miss being with folks I missed like the actual like sitting in a classroom and like actually hearing people's thoughts mm-hmm. um but yeah I think I met a few cool folks yeah that's good to hear wow. but I, I will say um I think so my, the current member that I work for is the chair of education. Um, and one of the biggest things that we're looking at now is how the pandemic affects like interpersonal skills. So like, we often think about like how we're so tired of Zoom and like, oh my God, I don't wanna be on another Zoom or this and the third, but like my youngest brother is five now. Um, so he was three at the beginning of the pandemic and it's like his entire life, like he's known he has to wear a mask. Um, so like, I remember one day, uh, we were walking somewhere and like, like we're walking out of the house and he's like, my mask, my mask, I don't have my mask. And we're like, oh, poor baby. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm happy he's aware that he needs it. Um, but it's also like, wow, this is literally his life. Um, and there are folks that like the kids that are in like middle school, like if you were in sixth grade, you're in eighth grade now. So like the first time you're really meeting your classmates, you're about to leave them. Um, so yeah, I think that that's like a, I definitely want to see how this affects, I guess those are, are they Gen Z? No, they're the generation alpha, how this affects them years from now. Like, will they have the interpersonal skills? Will they prefer Zoom? Um, yeah. I'd be curious to know also, because I was teaching college students during the pandemic, and a lot didn't want to talk out loud. They just wanted to type in the chat. Many didn't turn their screens on. And I would request that at least they put a picture of themselves on the screen, so at least I can talk to a picture. So yeah, I'd be curious to know how they're, how Generation Alpha, how they grow up and how they're affected. 
That's so interesting. Your job is so interesting. Wow. You must talk to hundreds of people a week. Uh, something like that. Um, so it's funny. Um, I think now, um, so there are three of us that are like designated to this department. Um, so myself, um, a community liaison, and then, well, two community liaisons. Um, so I'm like, I'm the director of the department. So like, I definitely have my own like caseload, but then they're like, more or less, like if they pick up the phone first, then it goes to them. Um, like I'm there for more so like the, hey, like I need help with X, Y, and Z. And it's like, oh, reach out to that agency. Um, but yeah, I don't think I speak to that many folks anymore. Um, I think earlier on, I brought, I spoke to a lot of folks. Um, and it also depends on the neighborhood you're working in. Um, so there are some neighborhoods that um, folks are, I guess, a lot better, um, a lot better at like navigating the system by themselves where like, they're like, oh, I'm not gonna reach out to you. I'm gonna reach out to whatever agency I need. Um, whereas some folks um, don't necessarily know how to do that. So then they'll reach out to you and then you play like the liaison um, and help uh, connect them. Wow. Oh, and I also like to ask people if there's anyone who they may have sadly lost during the pandemic that they'd like to memorialize. Um, so I actually, I was, I will knock on wood. Um, I was lucky enough to not, have lost anyone. Um, so uh, I actually made it this far. I'm gonna knock on wood again. Oh, excuse me. I made it this far without catching COVID. Uh, so made it this far. Um, my mom actually caught it um, this past January. And like, I was very afraid. Uh, my mom's vaccinated, but I was still like very petrified. I was like, um, but yes, I made it this far keep knocking on wood because yeah um but yeah i luckily um unfortunately haven't lost anyone that's such good news i'm so happy to hear that wow thank you that was very very long two years it was and it feels like 10 years ago you know yeah. this just ended i am I really appreciate your time. I look forward to having an event where everyone can meet. My goal is to get 100 episodes and then ask the Smithsonian to house it. And then hopefully people will call in and, and share their stories in, in the archive. But I, I look forward to like meeting up in the future at some point. <laughs> definitely, definitely. We're in a much better place uh, in April of 2022 than we were April of 2020. So it's, it's, it's funny in that I, I will say going back, I did say it would probably take about two years mm-hmm. um, because like based off of like um, the pan, uh, the flu of 1918, things weren't great until 1920. So I was like, okay, if we're using that as our metric, then it would take the two years um, and we're here. Uh, so fingers crossed, we're not going back. Absolutely. Thank you, Taekwon. I'm such a fan of public servants. And so thank you so much for sharing your time. No problem at all. Thank you. Well, have a good Sunday. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Black America and COVID, an oral history project. 
You can follow me on Instagram at Black America and COVID, all one word, no spaces, all lowercase. You can also direct message me on Instagram at Black America and COVID, or you can email me if you would like for me to interview you and you're either a Black American and you would like to share your experience living, working, and or going to school during the pandemic, or if you're a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize someone who was a Black American and who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project.